Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 33. Fuck the Clippers. Rest in peace, Shawty Love. Rest in peace. Been pulling capo. Hey, when you drunk, would have thought I had a Big up to all my haters. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 33 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter. Back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate the love and support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass. And thank you to all the people out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous. The thank yous are very, very, very important. Man, I am in such a great mood. We're going to have an amazing show. The Clippers lost. Oh, my God. I have so much Clipper slander. I have so much Clipper slander. I cannot wait. I couldn't wait to pod. I swear, I think the Clippers game was on... I think it was Tuesday, maybe Monday or Tuesday. I don't even remember. As soon as the game ended, I got my shit off on Twitter and I just started writing like immediately. I just got the notebook. I just started writing. I cannot wait to share all this Clipper slander that I have for you guys today. Oh, my God. We're going to have a great, great, great show today. I'm in, in an amazing, amazing mood. Let's go. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was Day No by Shawty Low, Shawty L.O. Main off the album Units in the City. First, I want to say rest in peace, Shawty Low. Rest in peace, Shawty Low. This is one of a this is another one of the artists that uh, maybe people forget about, you know, because his his uh, time was short. I mean, in the musical space, um, Day No was probably his biggest song. Then he had the big day no remix like and again that's when remixes were really really popping but shout out to shawty low man i heard i don't remember how i came across this song this week when i was choosing it but somehow some way i don't know i clicked on something and this and his name just popped in my head and i was like oh shit they know like nah i gotta put that on the pod because that is one of the that's a great, great, great song, man. Great song. Rest in peace again to Shawty Low. Rest in peace. 
And again, I picked this song because, hey, everybody thought these Clippers was going to beat the Lakers, but uh, they ain't no. <laughs> that uh these clippers gonna clip oh my god i cannot wait for this clipper slander oh my god so shout out to shawty low man rest in peace gone but not forgotten i still remember your music and i love your music you in a better place now and uh thank you for the songs and the memories that were created by listening to your music man shout out to shawty low now it's time for my favorite 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 Favorite, favorite, favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York that people may not know, that people have may never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great people, and how many great ideas come from the Bronx, New York. So, Without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is the Bronx Week Parade and Festival is an annual event held each May on Mashulu Parkway. The annual parade features dozens of Bronx schools and community organizations marching to display their borough pride. The goal of the parade and festival is to remind all New Yorkers that the Bronx is a great place to live, a great place to work, and a great place to play. That is your Bronx fact for episode number 33. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we're getting right to the shit. Our top topic this week, because how could we start the show with anything else? Our top topic this week is about the Los Angeles Clippers and their L- that they done caught. Let's fucking go. But what you do 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 here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so just as a small recap for the people who may not be super into sports or super connected with sports, um, the NBA playoffs works in a best of seven format, meaning out of seven games that could potentially be played, the first team to win four games will advance to the next round. So in the second round of the playoffs, the Los Angeles Clippers played against the Denver Nuggets. The Clippers, since the start of the season, were basically the overwhelming favorites to not only win the entire Western Conference, but also to win the NBA championship. That because of the players that they acquired. Um, They acquired Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly. Well, they already had Patrick Beverly. Um, They acquired Reggie Jackson, Joakim Noah, uh, uh, Marcus Morris. They have Doc Rivers as the coach, uh, Tyron Lewis as the assistant coach, etc. I'm going to break that down a little bit later. Um, So when that second round of the playoffs started, the Los Angeles Clippers jumped out to a three games to one lead over the Denver Nuggets, which means, again, I'm just explaining it to the people who aren't familiar with you know, the NBA like that, a three games to one lead means you are, you have won three games in a seven game series and you've only lost one. So at the time of game five, the Clippers only needed to win one more game to advance. Remember in a seven game series is the first team to win four out of the seven games in the series. So the Clippers 
went up three games to one against the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, they are in the driver's seat. Now, we have seen teams come back down, come back from a three to one deficit before, but it's very rare that it does happen just because the lead that you have is pretty much it's not insurmountable, but it's pretty insurmountable. Right. Because you only have to win one game to advance while the other team has to win three more games to advance. Boom. Here we go. So not only did the the Denver Nuggets tie the Los Angeles Clippers and force a game seven, they won and they eliminated these bum ass Clippers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Shout out to the Denver Nuggets. Shout out to Paul Millsap. Shout out to Jeremy Grant. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Mason Plumlee, uh, uh, Monte Morris. Who else is on the team? Um, Coach Mike Malone. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to the Denver Nuggets. And the Clippers should have known that the Denver Nuggets can come back from 3-1 deficits because in the first round of the playoffs, they were down to the Utah Jazz three games to one and what did they do they came back and they eliminated the utah jazz to advance to the next round so again shout out to the denver nuggets for this amazing comeback and the they showed the clippers what teamwork really is <laughs> i cannot wait to get into this clippers lander but that is just the um the what happened you know just to explain it to you know, people who may not be super connected into the NBA or into sports in general. I don't want you guys to be lost when I'm saying all these terms and you guys are like, what the hell does that even mean? That is what that means. The Clippers in the second round of the NBA playoffs in a best of seven series against the Denver Nuggets had a three games to one advantage and ended up losing the series to the Denver Nuggets in seven games. And that is what happened. Now let's let's uh, recap before we even get into the nooks and, and the crannies of this Clippers slander. I had an episode; it's literally ten episodes ago, called Raw Food. It was episode twenty-three, and in that episode, I chose to bring up the LeBron James versus Michael Jordan debate of who is the greatest player of all time. Right now, I'm biased. LeBron James is my guy. That is my guy. I just think he is amazing and he is the greatest player of all time. And one of the reasons why I feel like he is, is I brought up the burden of expectations, right? So when uh, certain things are expected of people, it does two things. It changes the view of the accomplishment and it creates pressure. It's the ultimate meaning of the term damned if you do or damned if you don't, right? If you win, you were supposed to win. How, you know, you have such a great team. We don't care that you won. You were supposed to win. But if you lose, it's how could you lose? You were the favorite. So it is the ultimate damned if you do and damned if you don't. So I say all of that to bring up two things, two points. One, pressure either creates diamonds or bust pipes. And two, it is way easier to be the hunter than to be the hunted, right? So we have to start with that. Now, let's talk about these 
Los Angeles Clippers. Let's talk about them. Let's let's break them down. The Los Angeles Clippers built a super team uh, comprised of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, Lemon Pepper Lou Will, Montrezl Harrell, Marcus Morris, Jermichael Green, Patrick Patterson, Landry Shamit, Big Zoo, Iveka Zubacs, Reggie Jackson, and others, coached by Doc Rivers, Tyron Lou, Sam, and Sam Cassell. This team was built with the explicit intent to win and to win now and also to defeat LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Now, of course, how do you make a super team like this? Well, the old adage is to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs, right? And the Clippers definitely broke some eggs to create this team. So in order to get Paul George playoff pay from the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, they had to do a lot of work, right? Because Paul George at the end of the 2019 season, after he and the Oklahoma City Thunder were eliminated by Dame Lillard, that boy Dame, Logo Lillard, um, after they were eliminated, he re-signed a, uh, a contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder for four years. So because of that, because of that, the Los Angeles Clippers to acquire him had to give up a boatload. Let me read to you what the Los Angeles Clippers had to give up to acquire Paul George. The Los Angeles Clippers traded Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, their own first round picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026. Two other first round picks that belong to Miami in 2021 and 2023 and also agreed to pick swaps with Oklahoma City in 2023 and 2025. Of course, it was a lot, but it got them Kawhi Leonard, the two time finals MVP in his prime and another top to top 10 to 15 player in the NBA with Paul George. But the caveat is it bought the Clippers a contender on paper but only for two years, only for two years. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have two years on their contracts. And after that, they both have player options, which means at the end of next season, they can decide whether or not to play one more year under contract with the LA Clippers or renege and become free agents. So the Los Angeles Clippers literally pushed all of their chips to the middle of the table. They wanted a big omelet. They broke a lot of eggs. That's important to remember. That is important to remember. The price that they paid to acquire Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and the fact that they have invested over six years of draft capital into two players who could decide to leave after next season. So that's a hefty price to pay, but they looked at it as, Look, we're getting great, great players, right? We're getting great players. So let's start up with the focal point of the team. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Kawhi Leonard is the silent assassin. He was getting so much praise, so much love, so much smoke blown up his ass to be frank, to be frank, because he was a two-time finals MVP, a two-time champion, and a defensive player of the year. But we have to provide context. That's what I love. I love that word context. Me here at the Bronx Bias podcast, 
we love to provide context because reading that it's like, oh, wow, great. But let's provide some context. Remember, it is always better to be the hunter than to be the hunted. Remember that. Pressure that comes with the expectations can burst pipes. So when Kawhi Leonard won his first ring and finals MVP, he was only a third-year player on the Spurs. And the Spurs had a team with three Hall of Famers and a Hall of Fame coach. They are in order. Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker with Greg Popovich as the coach. I mean, it don't. it's not easy. Of course, I never say it's easy. But you definitely are not getting the brunt of the pressure and the expectations because there are three Hall of Famers on your team and you have a Hall of Fame coach. You're not going to be the focal point of the team. You're not going to be the uh, uh, quote unquote go to guy or the person who receives all, a lot of the credit and all of the blame when if your team loses or wins. Right. The way it goes is a superstar player or a superstar coach will receive all of the or most of the credit if the team wins, but they will receive all of the blame if the team loses. Right. He doesn't have to deal with that on the Spurs. And he's a quiet guy. He doesn't like to talk. I Actually, you know, it's funny. I'm slandering him because he deserves to slander. But I kind of respect the look, man, I just want to play basketball and I want to go home. Like, I don't want to talk to y'all niggas. I don't want to be friends with y'all niggas. I don't give a fuck about none of y'all. I just want to play ball because God bless me with this talent to do so. And I work really hard at it. And I want to go home and chill with my fam. Like, I respect that. I, I actually like that demeanor, even though you can never be a superstar player. If that is your attitude, you never speak. But it's it's like I understand. It's like, yo, I'm not interested in all this bullshit rigmarole that comes with it. I just want to hoop because I'm great at basketball and I want to go home. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be out with y'all niggas. I don't want to be talking to y'all niggas. I don't want y'all niggas to misconstrue my words and make me look like an asshole. I just want to play ball and go home. I understand that and I kind of fuck with that. But he still deserves the slander, though. He still deserves the slander. So we're going to keep going. The second ring that he won was with the Toronto Raptors, right? After he forced his way out of the San Antonio organization, he was traded to the Toronto Raptors. Now, the Toronto Raptors are a great team as well. The only thing that held the Toronto Raptors back from achieving the NBA Finals before they did was my guy, LeBron James. Every time, every year from 2014 to 2018, the four-year period that LeBron was in the Eastern Conference with the Cavs, the Toronto Raptors, one way or the other, ran into the Cavaliers in the playoffs and were eliminated by LeBron James and the Cavaliers, right? Boom. So they already have a contending team, and then they add Kawhi Leonard to the team. Awesome. Amazing, right? Match made in heaven. So the Toronto Raptors had Kyle Lowry. They had uh, Pascal Siakam. They had Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka. Uh, one more player I'm not remembering at the moment. Nick Nurse, who was the coach of the year, and then Kawhi Leonard. Again, winning a championship is not easy. I will never come on here and say there is such thing as winning an easy championship. But he did join a great team, number one, a contending team that always fell a little bit short because of that buzzsaw that is LeBron James. 
But they were right there and they added Kawhi Leonard, right? Also, when they played the Golden State Warriors in the 2019 NBA Finals, you know who didn't play? Kevin Durant, who tore his Achilles. You know who also didn't play? Klay Thompson, who tore his ACL. So I cannot say that the ring was easy. There's no such thing as an easy championship. But you know what makes it a whole lot more easy? Not having to play against Kevin Durant and not having to play against Klay Thompson. I mean, let's be honest here. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. The first ring you win, you're on a team with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker with Greg Popovich. The second team you win a ring for, you're with Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siaka, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Nick Nurch, who was the coach of the year, Masai Ujiri, who's the best GM in the league, and you don't have to play against Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. I mean, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. So, after those finals... There was so much smoke blown up this guy's ass. Oh, my God. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the league. Kawhi Leonard can guard anybody. Kawhi Leonard doesn't even have to play a full season. That is how good he is. That is how special he is. That is how elite he is. LeBron James who? I'm. It's all about Kawhi. LeBron had his time. It's Kawhi's time now. He don't like to talk, but he can hoop. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now, what the talking heads did not factor in is, number one, Kawhi Leonard is not a leader. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk. How can you lead on the floor? How can you lead in the locker room? How can you lead your team? How can your team believe in you if you don't talk? That's number one. He's not a leader. Number two. He was always a complimentary player who had to who never had to play under the superstar pressure. That matters. That matters. That fucking matters. Why do you think that we shit on James Harden when he flames out in the playoffs? Because he's a fucking superstar. And at a certain point, you got to get it done. Giannis, he's on his way. I really fuck with Giannis. I fuck with Giannis, though. But. He just won two, he just won back-to-back MVPs and a defensive player of the year. If he flames out again in the playoffs, the the eyes of the public are going to become negative. We're going to put that pressure on you because you're a fucking superstar. And that is what comes with it, right? That is what comes with it. And three, he is never healthy. He is never healthy. Instead of saying he doesn't need to play the entire season, it should have been he cannot play a whole season. And let's not forget, he chose the Los Angeles Clippers over the Toronto Raptors, who, by the way, got just as far this year in the playoffs as he did. The Toronto Raptors were eliminated in the second round. In a seven-game series by the Boston Celtics, guess what happened to the Clippers? Also eliminated in the second round in a seven-game series. So, literally, you left a team who went just as far without you. That is, that's just a fact. That's a fact. Right? And 
he chose the Los Angeles Clippers over LeBron and the Lakers, right? This is not the first player to think he don't need LeBron. Cough, cough, Kyrie Irving. Cough, cough. Right? Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, is a certified, bona fide front runner. Certified, bona fide front runner. Certified. And actually, to be honest, the entire Clippers team was front runners. A front runner. This is the definition. Front runner. An athlete or a horse that runs best when in the front of the field. Meaning, when all you have everything in your favor, when you literally are the best team on the floor, you know you are, or you play with no pressure, or you play with no expectations, you play the best. You play the best. You're a fucking front runner, right? Now, let's go back to how the talking heads made reasons why Kawhi Leonard doesn't need to play the regular season, right? The magic words of his career, the reason why the talking heads said Kawhi don't even need to play the regular season, load management. (laughs) You heard it all. Kawhi and the Clippers are so loaded. They don't even need to play the regular season. They are playoff ready. They only care about the playoffs. They only care about the Lakers. Well, what is sacrificed in the name of load management? How about this? Chemistry. How about this? Getting on the same page. How about learning the strengths and weaknesses of your team and of your teammates? How about keeping yourself in game shape? There's a reason why LeBron James in the 17th season in the league led the league in assists. There's a reason. That's not an accident. He knows the value of teamwork. He knows the value of keeping teammates encouraged and keeping them involved. He knows that a team is only as good as its weakest link. And he knows NBA teams ain't for play play. He know that. Them folks in them other jerseys make millions too. They professionals too. They make shots too. They make shots too. You're not the only one who can make baskets. The Clippers got caught up in, quote, smelling their pubic hairs, to quote my grandmama. They was smelling their pubic hairs. That means basically feeling yourself, right? My grandmama would say that term when me and my sister were like teenagers and we were doing things that we didn't do as kids because we thought we was grown. She was like, oh, I guess you smelling your pubic hairs. That just means like you like too big for your britches or you, um, you know, you're feeling yourself a little bit. So they thought they could ease their way to the chip. They disrespected opponents. And most importantly, we need to discuss this. We need to mention this. We need to remember this. The Los Angeles Clippers straight up choke. The moment was too big for a secondary player who got overhyped. The moment was too big for a team who disrespected the regular season and said, fuck the grind and said, fuck the hustle. Fuck this. Fuck that. We're going to sit down. We're going to rest because the only team we care about is the Lakers in the chip. Disrespected their opponents, underestimated their opponents. Did all of that. 
for a second round bounce. So I say good for them. Good, 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 good for them. Now after Kawhi, who's next? Who do we need to talk about next? Again, this is Clipper slander. This is Clipper slander time. So, you know, I got, I, I'm going, I'm flowing on this shit. Who's after Kawhi? Paul George. Oh my God. Let us talk about Paul George. Playoff P. <laughs> Where do we even begin with Playoff P? Where do we even start with Playoff P? Man, he is one. Well, number one, he's not a superstar. That's number one. Number two, he is not tough. He's weak and not as a person. Not as a person. I don't know this man. I would never get on this platform and say you're you you less of a man and you this and you that. I don't know. I'm only talking about him as a player. I don't know him as a person. I'm not going to do that. I'm not even getting into that. I don't know him as a person, as a player. He's weak. He's not mentally tough. He's a front runner. Right. I mean, golly, he is a he is such a front runner, a front runner. I just want you to listen to Paul George after the playoff loss. Right. And then I want to you to listen to him speaking in different areas before the playoffs began about his team. This is the epitome of front running. Listen to him after they lose and he does his interview. And then I want you to listen to the clips that I have of him before they lost, before the restart, before they hit adversity. And you're going to understand what a true front running ass nigga is. This is Paul George Playoff P. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, it's, it's, it's no cop out. Um, fact of the matter is we didn't live up to that expectation. But I think internally, we, we, we've always felt um, this is not a championship or bust year for Pass us. Uh, of you and Kawhi Leonard. Like, this team that you guys have, is it a get it done or bust? Or is it patience within said two years or three-year time? I think immediately we expected to come in and... and, and win it all like we we didn't have no other um like hey this is gonna take a year to get used to one another so y'all team wasn't enough so y'all got Reggie jackson and uh morris too huh morris joking <laughs> no, <come on. laughs> yeah, hey we had to reload they got north you got north yeah we got joking for real yeah oh my god we got joking too we were stacked what? That's why we ready. Like, we waiting. We like, ooh, I hope this shit come back. Ooh. <laughs> we yeah, hope. Bro, I bet. I hope this shit. I'm, I'm, I'm only getting healthier over here. Shoulders is cool. Good. Yeah. Shoulders then is cool. you heard uh, your hamstring. Yeah. See, that's what's, that's what's healthy now. My hammy. My hammy back to norm. Oh, my goodness. Ah. <laughs> 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 Woo! Fuck the Clippers, man. Holy shit. All right. So, to complete this diatribe, this soliloquy, if you will, I just want to say this is why LeBron James is the greatest player ever. This is why LeBron James is the king. 
LeBron James has dealt with immeasurable pressure since he was 16 years old. He is still the best player in his seventh team, 17th season in the league. He appreciates the grind. He builds chemistry with his teammates. He has the mental fortitude to persevere in the face of adversity. He is the GOAT. Okay, so this is 30 minutes of Clipper slander. So I'm going to cool off. I'm going to take a minute. Water break. Um, I'm going to play some clips for y'all. This is a series of talking heads in the sports business, in the sports world, crowning the Clippers before they won anything, crowning Kawhi Leonard as the king of the league. Um, And finally, my guy, Stephen A, killing his his co-host, Max Kellerman. Enjoy this series of clips. Enjoy this uh uh just enjoy these clips man just enjoy these clips i scoured the internet trying to find all the people talking heaping up praise on the clippers and um just because this is the final result so um enjoy these clips i need some wilder uh so (laughs) here they go here they go Kawhi leonard is now so good that dare i say and this is another big reason why i'm back He's now the best player on Whatever. the planet. Whatever. Am I right? Whatever. No, the not right. best He's player not, no, no, in the NBA. No. Which team in L.A. Um, would you think, Draymond, based on your experience, is the better is the better bunch? I have a hard time picking against the Clippers. Who do you think is going to win the West this year? Uh, the Clippers. Clippers over the Lakers. Yeah. Clippers or Lakers? Clippers. Why? I think their pieces fit together a little bit better. Clippers, on the other hand, have a team that completely bought in last year with no superstars. You add two of the most selfless superstars in the game that go both ways. Obviously, Paul George's shoulder is going to be a big concern, but I think it's the Clippers' championship to lose this year. The Clippers not only have the best defensive versatility in the league, yes, the Lakers have a height advantage, but the three-point shooting of the Clippers with Lou Will and Trez on the floor... The Clippers are the best team in basketball. The Clippers, because of their depth, because of their versatility, especially between guys that are 6'2 to 6'9, they got the most of them in the NBA that can really play. So I'm going with the Clippers. The Clippers are loaded. And this is going to be like an advanced, organized version of rec ball. They're disruptive defensively. They're the best team in the league at defending isolation plays. That's why the Clippers are my choice to make it to the NBA Finals out of the West. I believe in my friend Doc Rivers. I believe he will figure out who that person is, even if they have to make a move. And so I'm going to say the Clippers. That that team defensively is going to be great. Great. I mean. Great, great. All time. Historic. Yeah. Right? So I'm going with the Clippers. And what you said about the Clippers, who's going to organize them on the road, I have reservations about LeBron being a closer in his 17th year. At 35, that's why I, don't, I, I, I can't go with the Lakers. When you look at the Clippers, top to bottom, coaching, starter, perimeter, superstars, their depth. I mean, this is where the Lakers fall off. If you remember on Christmas, they had a lead of 12, 13 points, and we thought the Lakers would run away. But then here come the Clippers, the bench. They just wear you down over the course of 48 minutes. And uh, I just see in no scenario the Lakers beating them in the series. Give me highlight number one, please. Take it away. He's in the conversation for greatest defensive player who ever lived. You don't even really think about his offense, except right now, he's shooting 60% from the field in the playoffs. 
a, a former Finals MVP before he entered his prime, is shooting 60 in the playoffs. Be best offensive player, including KD, who's also in his prime, but Kawhi's not playing with Steph and Clay. So under pressure, yes, Kawhi is better than Kobe was. What that video didn't show was the fact that Jay Williams and I got up off the set and walked out because of the dribble, the blasphemous that you just spewed. But Max, wait a minute before I get into Kawhi and you. I got more. Play the next. LeBron is a greater player than Kawhi when all is said and done, historically. KD will be too, I believe. But right now is what we're talking about. We're not talking about lifetime achievement. We're talking right now. Right now. I think Kawhi is the baddest man on the planet. He is the reigning and defending finals MVP and not for the first time. And I believe he's going to do it again. That was Max Kellerman, ladies and gentlemen. Now let me get to last night's game. Kawhi Leonard. That might be the biggest choke job we've ever seen in NBA history. I mean, it was that bad. It was that bad. We're talking about a two-time MVP. We're talking about a two-time champion who Max Kellerman has bloviated about being the best in the world. And what happens? You're up 3-1 in the second round, not the conference finals, in the second round against Denver, Jamal Murray and Nikolai Jokic, not LeBron James. And in the second round, up 3-1, you blow a 3-1 lead. What do you do? You shoot 6-22 from the field. You shoot 1-11 in the second half. You didn't even get to the free throw line. Just an absolute positive choke job period oh it's just that simple and i gotta say this this hurts me good this hurts me because i love this brother i think he's one of the best people you could ever meet in the nba and i do think he's a star but paul george doesn't get taken off the hook either i mean his performance was abysmal it was just as bad as Kawhi And When you're in a corner, wide open, behind the three-point line, and you hit the side of the backboard, the side of the backboard, and you can't buy a basket, I can't let him off the hook. Shout out to my guy Shaq. I was talking to my friend Shaquille um, right when the Clippers lost, and I was texting back and forth with him. He knew I was super hyped when they lost, and... I told him um, in the text, I said, uh, I would send him like a bunch of laughing emojis. And then I put, I'm going to fuck around and do a solid 10 to 15 minutes on the Clippers and Kawhi slandered on the podcast. And then he responded, not even a minute later. And then he says, and yeah, and then 30 minutes later is going to be, damn, I didn't even mean to spend that much time on this facts because i just did a solid 30 something minutes on the clippers and clipper slander shout out to my guy Shaq. and last but not least i gotta end with my girl kiki palmer who i love with her most iconic clip this is a rest in peace for the clippers and uh kiki just take it away just take it away i hate to say it i hope i don't sound ridiculous i don't know who this man is i mean he could be walking down the street i wouldn't I wouldn't know a thing. Sorry to this man. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And you guys do not let me down. I truly, 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 truly appreciate you guys that you listen, 
that you like what you hear. That's the biggest compliment I could get when someone says, hey, man, I gave your podcast a try and I really enjoyed what I heard. I truly, truly appreciate that. I feel like that is the best compliment that I can get. And I'm really thankful when I receive those types of compliments, when I receive questions from y'all in the inbox. So without any further ado, let's answer some of the questions that we have received here. The first one says, what? Hold on. Let me get it right. Let me read it. Uh, I'm sorry. It says, what is something that brings you a lot of joy? Um, Easily, easily. I'm going to say meeting another person who's left-handed. Like when I meet another person who's left-handed, it's like Tupac and poetic justice. Cousin, what's up? And like, you know, left-handed people are only 10% of the population. So we are indeed rare. And every time I meet another lefty, like, it's just like, you know, I don't know you at all if I'm just meeting you for the first time. But I like, I know you know the struggle. I know you know the struggle of spiral notebooks. I know you know the struggle of uh, those bum-ass right-handed desks. I know you know the struggle of binders. I know you know the struggle of erasable pens. I know you know the struggle of fountain pens. I know you know the struggle of scissors. Like, shout out to my all my left-handed people out there, man. I love when I meet other left-handed people because it's just like, yo, you don't even know me and you my family because it's only 10% of us in the world. So that is something that definitely brings me a lot of joy when I meet other lefties. And the second and last one says, because I definitely went too long on the Clipper shit, so I'm just going to answer one more question. It says, you're from the Bronx. How is it possible that you became a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? That's a great question. That is a great question because it doesn't really doesn't make sense on paper. So just as a brief story, like when I really understood basketball was 2003 and I was how old was I? I think I was 10. I had 10. Yeah, I think it was 10, 10 or 11. I'm not sure. Whatever. That's when I fully like understood what was happening on the screen. Like I start my first again to recap my first time ever watching basketball was 2001. The Lakers against the Philly 76ers, Allen Iverson versus Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. But like when I actually understood what was happening on the screen, it was 2003. And around that time, I decided just I'm going to learn football. Like I didn't know anything about football. Um, I just was like, I'm going to just watch it. Like I'm going to just watch the game and maybe I could pick it up. So I just started watching football like one random Sunday. I just like, I'm going to watch football today. So the game is on. It was, I can, I'll never forget. It. it was the New York Jets because I live in New York. So you get all the Jets and Giants games in market. It was the New York Jets against the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And again, I don't know anything about football. So I'm watching the game and I just, it just caught my eye. The Steelers colors, black and yellow. Wiz Khalifa wrote an amazing song about it, black and yellow. So I'm watching it and the, the colors of the team catch my eye, black and yellow. I'm like, okay, because they look like basically my 10-year-old self. They look like giant bumblebees running around, right? Then um, there was a player on the Steelers. He was a rookie at the time. His name was Troy Polamalu. My sports fans know Troy Polamalu. Um, and he was just, he's a, he's a safety um, and he was just literally just running around the field like a madman, tackling everybody. And he had this, he had giant hair. So you could see all of his hair out of the back of his helmet. And it basically, it even covered up his name. So I didn't even know his name. 
So I'm like, who is this guy? He's just running around tackling everybody. They can't slow him down. They can't stop him from tackling people. Who is this? So then I was like, okay. In my mind, I was thinking, all right, well, I think I like this team. And I didn't know shit about shit, right? So the weeks go on. I'm slowly but surely learning more about football as I keep watching it. A cheat code to learning the game is literally just watching it with the sound on because the comment, the play-by-play guys and the color commentators basically explain the game as it happens. Like they give their commentary about the certain players, but they also just explain the game. So when a penalty happens, they'll show the instant replay. This is why this is a penalty. Or when a big touchdown happens, this is how he got open. Or this is what the quarterback did to throw the ball to this guy and get him open. Like they basically explain the game. And that's literally how I learned it just by watching it. Like no one had to explain it to me. Baseball, my granddad explained it to me. Basketball, I was the first time I watched it, I was with my, who was I with? family members they just taught me like you know as you watch you watch and watch you watch they teach you what's going on and then you understand it but football basically i'm just self-taught i just started watching it and i learned it from watching it so um as the 2003 season keeps going along i'm like every other team i watch i don't like them as much as when i watch the steelers the team with the black and yellow the giant bumblebees and the guy with the long, crazy hair. And they also had Jerome Bettis, who was a huge running back with a big old stomach. So it just like the characters of the team caught my eye. So then the next season, 2004, they drafted, guess who? Big Ben Roethlisberger. And then the season after that, 2005, they, get, they did guess what? They won the Super Bowl. I was a, I've been a fan ever fucking since. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers, black and yellow. Shout out to Wiz Khalifa. Shout out to Big Ben Roethlisberger, Jerome Bettis, Troy Polamalu, Heinz Ward, uh, 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 Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Mike Tomlin, Bill Cower. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a huge, huge fan about the Steelers. And then the more you learn, like you learn about the Steel Curtain back in the 70s, Mean Joe Green, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, um, uh, uh, John Taylor, Chuck Knoll, like, and you just like, yo, this team is fucking amazing. So that is literally how I became a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That is my team. We're going 16 and 0 this year. Fuck what y'all say. And yes. So thank you again, guys, for the questions. I truly, truly appreciate them. I truly appreciate the feedback, the love that you guys show me and go Steelers go. Next on the docket, I want to talk about another instance of caucasity. If I have enough time, I'll talk about two instances. Um, The first instance is about a Chicago radio host who was fired about comments that he had about ESPN reporter um, Maria Taylor. And it's basically only like, I'm only paying attention to this because there's a white guy attacking a black woman, a beautiful black queen. I got to stand up for my black queens, even though they're fully capable of standing up for themselves. But let's go. Um, the article reads, this is from USA Today. Chicago radio station 670 to score has fired on air host Dan McNeil after a comment he made on social media about the outfit ESPN sideline reporter Maria Taylor was wearing on Monday night. In a tweet that has since Recently been deleted, McNeil posted a screenshot of Taylor and referenced the adult film industry in posing the question, quote, NFL sideline reporter, host of, I'm sorry, NFL sideline reporter or host of the AVN annual awards presentation. Uh, Intercom, the sports talk 
station's parent company issued a statement on Tuesday announcing McNeil's departure, calling his tweet, quote, degrading and humiliating and apologizing to, quote, all who were offended by Dan's words, especially Maria. News of McNeil's departure was first reported by Deadspin's Julie DiChiaro, a formerly a host and reporter for the station. Taylor, 33, was making her debut on ESPN's Monday Night Football after primarily covering college sports for the network. Also, she does um, NBA Countdown. Taylor responded directly to McNeil's comment not long after the New York Giants and Pittsburgh Steelers game ended. She says, quote, well, Danny Dearest, if you would like to continue making sexist comments about me, please bring your misogyny with you to the NBA countdown doubleheader I'll be hosting tomorrow night. And for good measure, she defended her wardrobe choice for the broadcast, saying, hey, ladies, remember, you can be you can wear whatever you feel confident in. This isn't the first time McNeil has been reprimanded for his choice of words during his 30 year radio career in Chicago. While at WMVP radio, he was suspended at least twice, once for an on air fight with his co-host and the second after calling a female producer at one of the local TV stations a bitch while he was on the air. When he was rehired by the score in 2018, he acknowledged that there were some people at the station who have reservations and rightly so because of his past actions. Get the fuck out of here, Dan McNeil. Caucasity is strong. It is very, very strong, but it cannot stop us. You heard me right. Caucasity is strong. It's always going to be motherfuckers who exert their caucasity or their misogyny. But shout out to Maria Taylor. Very graceful. And I want to play you guys the NBA countdown. Jalen Rose, Jay Williams supporting their girl, Maria Taylor. And I support you too. Supporting their girl, Maria Taylor, and clapping back at these bum ass niggas and these people with this caucasity trying to attack our beautiful black queens. Well, I would like to exert some flowers. Congratulations, Maria Taylor. Thank you for your intellect, your beauty, and your class through all situations and covering your first Monday night football game and covering your first NBA final. Yeah, no, no, we all right. We all get tested. We get tested every week. I love Maria so much. You are are, you are so incredible at what you do, and I love the way you clap back at people that come to you with ignorance. Mm -hmm. So thank you for continuing to be that example that we need. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Don't make me cry. Absolutely. And some people turn the other cheek. We eye for an eye. We're eye Mm -hmm. for an eye. Don't come for the queen. You heard that. Shout out to the queen, Maria Taylor. Now, I don't have enough time for the other Caucasity story, so I'll probably do it next week, um, depending on how the week goes. Um, I'll save it. Um, What I'm going to do for my last segment of the pod, because I see the time here, I'm going to do my uh, NFL predictions and uh, preview. Last week was a tough week for your boy, and I think I went uh, 8-8 or 7-9 or something like that. I want to do better this week again, but I'm saying, guys, don't bet with my picks now. Don't bet with my picks because I'm always going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to win because that's my favorite team. And I'm not an expert. So, again, I don't want nobody mad at me with predicting these NFL games. I don't want nobody mad at me. So I'm just going to give you my picks because I just love the game and I'm a big fan of the game. So here we go. First game, New York Giants, Chicago Bears. Uh, The Chicago Bears are at home. I got... I'm going to take 
the Chicago Bears in that. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. The next game, Atlanta Falcons, Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys are coming off a loss, and I predicted they would win against the uh, Los Angeles Rams, but I'm going to choose the Atlanta Falcons to win this game in the home uh, upset of the Cowboys. Next game, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. My guy, Aaron Rodgers. He's a Rodgers baby. The only quarterback to beat Ben Roethlisberger in the Super Bowl, so... Shout out to Aaron Rodgers, and he's, a, you know, I got to put my Rodgers out there. So I got the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and Indianapolis Colts. Colts are at home. The, the Vikings got smacked last week by the Packers, and the Colts lost to the Jaguars last week. Um, but I'm going to take the Vikings um, because I feel like the Vikings are a better team than the Colts at this point. Plus, the Colts lost. A good running back in Marlon Mack for the season. Uh, the next game, Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. I picked the Dolphins last week to beat the Pats. Bad decision. But <sighs> Buffalo Bills. You know, I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills to beat the Dolphins, even though the Dolphins are at home. San Francisco 49ers and New York Jets. Now, this is where all the talking heads are given upset alert to because... The Jets are decimated by injuries, and they look like shit. They look like absolute shit. But they're, they're saying keep it on upset alert because they have the chance to upset the San Francisco 49ers, and they did not look great against the Arizona Cardinals last week. That was another game I incorrectly picked. But I'm going to still take the San Francisco 49ers, man. I'm going to take the 49ers. The Jets are decimated by injuries. Le'Veon Bell's out. Um... Jamison Crowder, the best receiver, is out. I, I just, no, I, I don't see the Jets winning it. L.A. Rams, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles. I like what the Rams did last week, again, with that run game and Jared Goff off play action, but I, I really fuck with the Eagles, and I like Carson Wentz, man. I, I like Carson Wentz. I really like him. Denver Broncos, Pittsburgh Steelers. You already know the vibes. Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carolina Panthers. I was right about the Buccaneers last week. I knew they wouldn't beat the Saints. It's just because Tom Brady's with a brand new team, brand new players, brand new system, playing against one of the best teams in the NFC. I knew they wouldn't beat the Saints, but I got them to win against Carolina Panthers. Next game, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans. Um, I picked against the Jaguars last week. You know what? I'm going with the Jaguars this week. I'm going with the Jaguars. I got the Jaguars to beat the Titans. Washington football team against Arizona Cardinals. Now, both of these teams showed me a lot last week. The Washington football team has a great front four. Front four basically means the defensive line, and they get after the quarterback. A fantastic front four, but their back end is shaky, and Kyler Murray is a very elusive quarterback with D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, so I got the Cardinals. Next game, Baltimore Ravens against Houston Texans. That's the Ravens. Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers. That is the Chiefs I have. And Seattle Seahawks against New England Patriots. Now, that's going to be a good game. I want to see Cam play against a good team. I want to like a really good team. And I chose the, uh, uh, the, the Dolphins last week to beat the Pats. But, again, I got the Seahawks again to beat the Pats. I just I don't see the Seahawks losing to the Pats. And Monday Night Football, New Orleans Saints against Las Vegas Raiders. I have the Saints. Now, again, guys, do what you will. Do not bet with my picks, please, because I don't want to lose any of you guys' money. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep a tally of my record 
week to week and i want to see where i end up uh at the end of the season so hopefully i'm above 500 last week i went seven and nine so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, keep track of all my picks and i'm gonna keep the tally up and i'll update update you guys on how good or how bad i am at picking uh football games so uh shout out to the nfl season being back though i really i really like the nfl and that guys will wrap it up episode number 33 of the bronx bias podcast is in the books i'm your host once again my name is denzel aka harry potter um thank you guys to thank you to whoever out there tunes in like subscribe shares and supports thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms thank you to all the essential workers out there Thank you to all the people out there who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Um, still, uh, now, Brianna uh, Brianna Taylor was a breakout, it was a landmark, I should say, settlement um, of the lawsuit. It was a $12 million settlement uh, in a wrongful death lawsuit that the family filed against the state. Um, so, I mean, I appreciate that, like, in terms of, the state somehow or some in some way acknowledging the wrongdoing of their police officers, but the cops are still not arrested. They're still free. So we still need to arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor. This, the city has already acknowledged wrongful death. So if there is a wrongful death, that means it qualifies as a crime. And that means the people who committed this crime need to be held to the utmost extent of the law facts there's no way that you can argue that the city already declared it a wrongful death and settled with the family for 12 million so that means the city knows that the police officers were wrong in the killing of brianna taylor there's no other way around it so whatever we have to do still i'm gonna still talk about it on this podcast i do not care what people say i do not care what people think because a young woman has lost her life at the hands of the people who are hired to protect her and there is no accountability for these men and their actions so brett uh john cosgrove uh brett hankinson i mean i'm sorry miles cosgrove brett hankinson and john mattingly are still free men the state of kentucky needs to arrest the men who murdered brianna taylor 100 um do not forget that black lives fucking matter. Your voice matters. You matter if you are a black person out there. By black, I mean everything non-white. Go out and vote. Get informed on these elections. Make a most informed decision for yourself. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great song. Now, usually I do my R&B. Now, I've been on my R&B wave, I think, since like episode 23. I love my R&B music and I like it to end the podcast with a smoother you know, uh, uh, fade out with a smoother fade out song. But this week for all my Clipper fans, I'm playing a special song for y'all. It is called You Mad by Vic Mensa featuring Kanye West. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 33. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Be safe out there. Take care of your family and friends. Be good to yourself and be good to one another. We are out.
she gon' be mad, right? Ain't that too bad, right? Wanna catch that cat, right? Take back that bag, right? I guess that she just gon' go buy herself that purse. At first, I guess that she just gon' go swipe by herself worth. That's cold, now I'm the villain. Not really, I'm just chillin'. Tryna stack these 20s, 50s, 100s, millions to the ceiling. Mary, Mary, all I need. Pussy, money, weed. And all my women in doubles, I'm at the double tree. All I hear hoes callin', I'm wildin'. On the road like every day, we everywhere. In a day and anywhere that the money say. No questions, no questions, please. Just on your knees, blow, don't sneeze. Bitch, shut up, don't breathe. <gasps> On the gas till I crash. All toxic, said a nigga mash. All praise to Allah, not Ramadan, but these bitches fast. Fucking the party, pull up a skirt. Just hey, who her? I forgot her name. Like on, like on, no nobody. Ooh, like on, like on, no nobody. Ooh, like ooh, like on, no nobody. Like on, no nobody. Like on, no nobody. I guess I don't. Another loss, oh. It cost so much, man. I should've went to law school. Everybody brawling, it was all cool. Till I hit the bartender with the bar store. I don't fuck with fake dudes wearing fake trolls. I just talked to two chains and he said true. I feel like MJ. I'm in his shoes. I'm talking about the Jordan. This is how we do. It's a nigga hitting and I lay low. These niggas ask why to get the drain oh She ain't really bad, she a photo thot I should hire this bitch, she so damn good at Photoshop That Lexi Pro got me drowsy, then a heart attack I think they finally think they get me where they want me at I got 700 emails in my inbox What that mean? I ain't calling nobody like back I Like I don't know nobody Like Ray Rice. Ooh, y'all pay the price. I pay the difference. It's just different. Say money ain't nothing different. Gunshots and jumping fences. Hold on, I'm trying to get loose. Please don't get shit confused. Ask Don C. I've been lit. This yay shit just lit the fuse. Now I'm on fire. Everybody go quiet. Like, where was you last week? My nigga, the fuck was you hiding? Like, I was laying on my arm. I'm on my side. South side. I'm down to start a ride. Like, I don't, like, I don't Like I don't know nobody. 
Yes, I don't.